I initially want to express my deep gratitude for allowing me to be one of your delegates this year. And I am going to just try to read my remarks so as not to, as you all know, how I can be, I go off on tangents real easily, so bear with me, I'm going to read. Um, it was all new to me, but did bring back the lovely sense of the larger community from the diabetes education conferences I used to attend. But there were many differences, starting with the virtual experience, because thanks to Zoom technology, um, I didn't have to travel anywhere. So I had plenty of time to completely immerse myself at my own pace. And this opened up a much larger picture of UUism to me as more of a movement and much less as a church. I loved just, I'm adding right now, I love saying those words, having been raised Catholic. Um, the word church to me has never instilled a whole lot of, as much as I did love a lot of my Catholicism, I don't like the word church, so sorry for that. Um, and I did hang on to the good parts of what, how I grew up, though. I did have a lot of good. But when I can avoid that church word, I am able to feel much less threatened by dogma and uniformity. I had over the years continued to believe in exploring the meaning of words like love, faith, and hope, and the Unitarian Church has allowed me to rise above my cynicism, sometimes, about religion, but without reading from Buddhist, psychology, and Christian mysticism resources, I would have fallen completely into negativity and cynicism. Uh, but as a UU, I find I am working towards integrating my beliefs into a community of love that explores our responsibility to the world as it is. Last week, I, I narrowed down three parts of the assembly that I felt were the most transformative for me personally, and I appreciate the opportunity to share them with you. Um, firstly, uh, besides the vote to support Article 2 and a few amendments to it, which was all very important, there was another major vote which had to do with a business proposal to divest the UUA financial resources from the fossil fuel industry and using those, tech, and using those funds to support reparation activities. I had done some research and was all set to vote yes for this but was compelled uncomfortably at first, well, it remained uncomfortable, honestly, uh, to change my mind and vote against it. Uh, what swayed me was that our newly elected president, uh, her name is Dr. Sophia Betancourt, uh, she was in a very relaxed forum presentation a few days before I had to vote, I think, and uh, she presented, she advised a no vote and explained her reasoning. And by that time, since from everything I knew about her already and had wholeheartedly voted for her, I came to trust her discernments and to have faith in her. And I will just say faith with a capital F. It was kind of a special moment for me, having this element of trust in a religious authority type of a person, but it felt right and necessary for me. 
I am a retired nurse, but in my parallel universe life, which I know we all have, even if you don't admit it, um, I was, and I am more of a theologian, and the principles to me over the years replaced the commandments. So to follow my own conscience, even if it meant changing my mind and trusting someone else, was a very big deal for me. I can't know everything, and listening to a larger community is part of trusting this process going forward. And since I can't listen to what, how many thousands of people Christine just told us about, I can't hear all of them. But I could hear Sophia Betancourt, who was representing the best of all of them, I had to believe. Uh, oh, I'm doing good. I have time for this part. Um, well, no, actually, this is, never mind. I'm not doing so good. Um, I, I just forgot this. I knew something was wrong. Um, secondly, I wanted to share that the themes of the assembly centered around change and diversity, with love being at the center. Issues of centering our resources around the BIPOC and LGBTQ plus communities became very real through the speakers and the presentations. It took a lot of the fear of the many crises the world is facing out of the equation in a way that is still responsive to, to our changing world, a world in crisis. We need to believe to contemplate crisis in terms of the theology of beloved community because without accepting crises, nothing will change. The path forward pointed directly to addressing what radical compassion looks like, with radical self-compassion highlighted as the same as compassion for others. These are concepts the Buddhists and psychologists have been teaching us for years. On that first day, when I felt the community take an internal deep breath, literally, uh, as the enormity of the trauma of COVID, climate crises, deepening inequities, state-sanctioned bigotry, and political unrest have and continue to threaten us existentially and as a community. Our attendance as members and friends in a UU church can provide sanctuary, but to, provide, but to pretend that we can go back to pre-COVID, pre-2017 times is not possible. A lot of that is my pontificating but I heard it loud and clear. Um, where was I? I, anyway, found this to be an expansive view that points to the need for community with our flaws and imperfections welcomed at the door. Lastly, and most importantly, I was initially a little bit surprised that even on the first day of the assembly of all these wonderful people, there were incidents of discord and conflict occurring with both online and on-site attendees. And the UUA was well prepared for it with love, with what I believe was called the right relations team. These people were kind and compassionate. And without this element of leadership, it would have been difficult for the assembly to function, I think. I was not only grateful for that team for protecting me from difficult situations, um, in my living room, of course, but still, it's a little scary to me when people start fighting. Um, uh, but, and, um, but they were very transparent as they could be, as transparent as they could be. I wanted to share one detail of it as I close my remarks here. 
During the closing ceremony on that Sunday, after that long, long service that several of you complained about, it was way too long. They, they heard that loud and clear. Um, the, uh, the president of the board, I think is who he is, he spoke at length about how they tried very hard to be as transparent as possible about the, these incidents, but at the same time explained that it was very difficult to be that transparent without risking the dignity and the confidentiality of the members uh, going ahead and resolving these conflicts. And he then acknowledged that they made mistakes and they will try and uh, write these relationships going forwards. And so just to add to that, two days ago, we all got this letter from both the outgoing and incoming presidents and the commitment to working through the problems, which gave me a lot more hope even. In closing, I'll just read real quick that last few sentences of that letter. They, it says, we acknowledge that the events of last week are rooted in recurring cycles of distrust between the UUA and our youth and young adults. We hope to use this moment to break these cycles so that we can begin to rebuild trust. Our young leaders bring a particular vision, creative thinking, and a sense of urgency that is vital to us as a faith community. We must find ways to honor and invite their leadership that allow us to continue in covenantal relationship through challenging conversations. More broadly, Unitarian Universalists of all ages have worked hard to achieve our justice priorities, including divestment from fossil fuel companies. We know that UUs are committed to the work of climate justice and shaping the way forward on reparations. And we are unequivocally committed to ensuring that this challenging but critically important work continues. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Jane Hogue. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I was uh, appointed as a delegate to the GA. And after that, ben, Reverend Ben asked if I'd be willing to share at this service something about my experience. I said, of course, thinking that at the time about reporting election results, Article II amendments, business resolutions, et cetera. Well, that information has been shared by uh, the UUA, Reverend Ben, Mary, and others. And I don't feel a need to revisit it with my remarks. Um, as an aside, Mary and I, and none of us coordinated our presentation, so there might be a little bit of overlap um, from a different perspective, of course. <clears throat> so what were my impressions? Well, last year was my first GA experience, and I was able to attend in person. It was wonderful. I went and immersed myself in the experience. This year was different. I was a virtual participant, and I had a job to do, a delegate. As a virtual participant, I felt like I was able to focus on the discussions at the general sessions more easily than when attending in person. I found fewer distractions from the other attendees. I had a more comfortable place to sit. I was able to see the speakers better and could sip a beverage or even eat a crunchy snack without being a distraction to others. The voting process was easy to navigate and I was able to fulfill my duty as a delegate without fail. 
There are some limitations to virtual participation, as I know you all know. And I felt those mainly during the opening celebration, the workshop services, and the musical performances. I missed the synergy of, of actually being with the larger group of people experiencing those events. Those sensory experiences, the visual impact of a crowd of people hearing and actually feeling the music as it's being created, being able to take in images other than what the camera thinks I need to see, a fabulous outfit, the joy of old friends greeting one another, the shared humanity as someone is moved to tears by what's happening. Those are all enhanced for me when in person. However, I wouldn't have gone this year if I had to travel to Pennsylvania. I would have missed out on the entire event. And I'm so glad I could be part of it all. While in some ways, virtual participation is the next best thing to being there, I would encourage anyone who might be curious about GA to attend virtually. I would also encourage anyone who can attend in person to do so. There are different strategies to maximize either experience. But what did participation mean to me? How did it contribute to my own spiritual journey? Well, I have been thinking about this, and Mary has too. Um, there is an active care team working at the conference. At every session, the moderators reflected on problems from the previous day and any feedback received. Mistakes were acknowledged and solutions sought. Time and effort was made to hear people's concerns and hurts and to respond in a loving way. The key for me, though, was the matter-of-fact, intentional way that this process was integrated into the agenda. It wasn't, oh, shoot, we messed up, we better talk about it. There was planned time for reflecting on people's experiences, listening and learning from that. It was anticipated. It was expected there would be feedback. It was so powerful to see, and I've been thinking of how we might be able to lift up this practice here. There was also joyful celebration. There is so much to, to celebrate and so much to be grateful for. Recognizing and appreciating people, the leaders, ministers, staff, and volunteers, reflecting on accomplishments and honoring transitions and traditions. The UUA does this so well at General Assembly. It was uplifting and gratifying. I know I can get so caught up in the, what do I need to do next, that I forget to be in the here and now. What a good reminder for me to be open to feedback, take time to reflect, acknowledge mistakes, and celebrate the joy in life. Thank you for the opportunity to to attend GA this year as your delegate. Next year will be an all virtual event. I'm planning on attending and I hope you will too. Good morning, I'm Christine Hinderer. Um, during my virtual participation in the General Assembly, I felt I was a part of something bigger. Um, many UUs had gathered in Pittsburgh, but the folks registered online, we chatted, we interacted. There were people in front of cameras, and there were people on their screens. And as I shared with the kids, I felt a new sense of us. 
On the second or third day, I realized I had never met or become aware of so many UUs all at once. Now, the trick about us UUs is we all have opinions. <laughs> and often we do not agree. Um, once during pro and con debate about revisions in Article 2, one of the co-moderators commented something like, if you ask five UUs of their opinion, be prepared for eight replies. <laughs> and I remember thinking, yes, that was my experience in my church and in my congregation as well. And each of the working sessions, there were so many opinions, and this, this was us. At the end of every day, or after we started voting, at the end of each day until Sunday, we would vote. And at the beginning of the next day, the results were available before we began new business. The first day of voting, after everyone sp spoke, I wondered how we could debate so forcefully, vote, read the results in the morning, and then agree to continue. I was actually anxious. But when the morning got started, the folks in front of the cameras began, and the pros and cons for that day's business lined up in person and on screens, and they lined up before the cameras, and we continued. And I felt very proud, because this is us. So I enjoy General Assembly. 10 out of 10, I do it again. <laughs> I went to both the Minister's Conference and General Assembly, and my experiences of those blend together. Uh, and the first thing I'd like to share is actually from the Minister's Conference. We sang the song Woyaya, which is number 1020 in the Teal Hymnal. And what a joy to be with people from hundreds of congregations and sing a song that almost all of us know. So that feeling of joy and familiarity and connection. And the song leader added layering to it um, and extended the song in creative ways. So in addition to that familiarity, there was a magical feeling of wonder and discovery. It all, all felt renewed. And the meaningfulness of the lyrics in Lo Ya Ya. We are going, heaven knows we, where we are going, but we know within. And we'll get there, heaven knows how we will get there, but we know we will. It will be hard, we know, and the road will be muddy and rough, but we'll get there. Whoa, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the road will be muddy and rough. And in particular, interpersonal dynamics can be muddy and rough. One minister told me that when she does second principle work with her congregation, a major focus is on normalizing how hard it can be. The second UU principle is justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. And equity is complicated, especially when we're trying to figure out what feels fair when everyone is feeling slighted. And when that is happening, it can be hard to feel compassion for each other. So justice, equity, and compassion is no easy task. You can go a long way just by having your heart in the right place, uh, but it's still hard. The road can be muddy and rough. And so as we've heard, General Assembly has a care team. Uh, 
and the care team listens to people's experiences, people who believe they were treated with less than what the second principle calls for, or any principle. And if the issue is serious enough, the care team reports to the assembly to be transparent about what happened and how it was handled. And the complication this year is that the care team itself did something that didn't sit right with some people. The care team made an announcement about an injustice without hearing an important part of the story. So the process for resolving that is ongoing, as we heard. And the question is, can conflicts be resolved more quickly than they are created? At what point do we simply need to clear the slate, forgive each other, and begin again in love? Beloved community can be a lot more complicated than liberal religion. In liberal religion, there's the sense that we're all on our own journey, searching for truth and meaning in life, and we come together to learn from each other in services and over coffee, on hikes. And coming together is as simple as showing up and being yourself. In beloved community, there's more curiosity about how everyone is doing. Is someone dominating the conversation? Who is on the edge of the room? Who is not even in the room? A lot of UU congregations start with the intention of doing liberal religion with each person on their own journey, but then they discover that they love sharing life. They love being on a common journey. My sense is that this church had a strong sense of community right from the very beginning. From the beginning, this church has been a fabulous blend of liberal religion and beloved community. And there will be at least one sermon this coming year to flesh that out. So how can we be on our individual journeys and be on a common journey? It is not simple. There's always a tension between the individual and the group. In liberal religion, historically, the emphasis has been on the individual. In beloved community, some say that the emphasis is on the group, and some people say that beloved community beautifully balances the individual and the group. In recent General Assemblies, the emphasis has been on building up the group feeling. So for example, one year the theme of General Assembly was the power of we. And if you only listened to the words, you would think that the individual was bad and the group was good. And that's what I heard. Um, so the question is, will we build up the individual to beautifully balance, sorry, will we build up the group to beautifully balance the individual? Or will we build up the group too much and dominate the individual? And I think that that remains to be seen and we will help to create the outcome. And I think that question is foundational to what we each think of the Article 2 proposal. Next week, several of us, UCCWCers, are heading up to the Elliott Institute to spend a week with Unitarian Universalists from throughout the region. Who's been to Elliott? Has anyone been to Elliott? A small number. It's fabulous. I hear it's fabulous. Um, good regional gathering of Unitarian Universalists. So I hope that you at least get that treat once to experience that. I recommend making your first regional gathering something fun. 
like the Elliott Institute, it does not have to be a business meeting. But if discussing the future of Unitarian Universalism is enlivening for you, we could create our own extended events to do that, perhaps as a stepping stone to making connections throughout the association. So you don't have to take the leap immediately to General Assembly, although I, re I do recommend it next year when everything is online. So my, my big takeaway from, from General Assembly is what a journey we are on together. Summed up by the word, oh yeah, yeah. And our closing hymn is not, well, yeah, yeah, because I only decided yesterday to bring up that 